Welcome back to the show. I'm B. Dougie, and we're about to learn the secret sauce. Cool. So um, three questions I'm going to ask everybody who's ever going to be on here. So we'd love to know who you are and how'd you get here. Yeah. So I'm Matt. I'm the CTO and co-founder of FIG. Uh, we're revolutionizing the terminal, and we started off by adding kind of an IntelliSense-style autocomplete. Um, so who I am, I'm uh, from San Francisco originally. I am a Swift programmer. By, that's my background. I've made a bunch of iOS apps when I was Wow. Uh, I've got so many school. questions about yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I ended up you know, diving really deep into the, the technical infrastructure. Um, and so now I, I do a lot of Rust. I do some, some TypeScript. Um, and yeah, we have a team of people who are much better programmers than me at this point. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, that's what you, uh, running a startup, you got to find people in the team that are better than you. Yeah. <laughs> so that way you can remove yourself from yeah. the sort of, uh, what do you call it? The critical path. Exactly. Uh, but well, I just need to ask about Swift. So yeah. Swift, like why, I guess that's when, when you started doing Swift programming, is that like Swift, did that just come out? So actually I did Objective-C before that okay. and I was at WWDC when they announced Swift. Oh, nice. Um, like they have WWDC scholars and. I was lucky enough to, I, you, you like submit some app to them and they'll, they'll was invite this high, some school high school or college? Students. Yeah. So okay. I, yeah. When I was in high school. That was um, amazing. So yeah, I was, <laughs> uh, got into Swift pretty early. Uh, so it's been cool to see. Yeah. I, I, uh, so I learned how to program through Ruby on Rails mm-hmm. and then I, my goal was always to do an iOS app. Yeah. So I learned Objective-C. Uh-huh. I built an Objective-C apps, like all like junk apps of just like, I'm learning, here's a note app, here's a yeah. messaging app. And then Swift came out in the middle of that while mm-hmm. I was learning. And then I learned Swift. And then at that point, I already knew JavaScript because I was already working full-time as an engineer at this time. Yeah. So I then saw React Native came out. So I, I don't know if you remember back in the day, React Native was like six months after Swift. It was like publicly launched. The timeline, yeah. yeah, it's very close. And what a lot of people don't know about React Native is actually built by Amjad, uh, who is CEO of Repolit. Uh, he was on the core team there. I did not realize and that. And then he also built Codecademy. Uh, so he also built the REPL for Code Academy. So he started Code Academy, built that REPL, went to Facebook, built the REPL, or the, sorry, the um, compiler, rather. Sorry. Not REPLs, but compilers. Yeah. He built that for React Native. And I say he, he, he and the team. And then now he works on REPLit. Um, anyway, that's like, a, a, we should have on. Amjad, please come <laughs> chat with me. I would love to know that trajectory. Like, let's, I know that story because he was uh, friends with the co-founders of my last, my last job. But let's go back to Swift. <laughs> so what did you build? Um, Generally, like yes. when you're in high school. So I feel like I built a lot of like cliche high school, college student apps. I built <laughs> fart, an event app. app. <laughs> no, <laughs> slight, slightly more more sophisticated than that. But I really wanted to know like what all the parties were in the in the city. Um, <laughs> and so I built a, like a location-based app that would show you where your friends were. Um, which again, like every generation of people reinvents this like app. Foursquare? <laughs> like Foursquare? Sort of like Foursquare, which is yeah. again, interesting you should bring it up because I also worked with Dennis Crowley at Foursquare one summer. And I part oh, of that wow. was because of this app. And this was high school? This was in college. In college, uh, okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I built a bunch of iOS apps when I was in high school. Um, I like made a note-taking app. I made a, a virtual pin board. I'm trying to think. So one, my favorite one was, this was in college. Uh, a friend and I built like an HQ clone uh, back when that was like all the rage. Yeah, the uh, HQ being the uh, trivia. Yeah, yeah, trivia show. 
Um, but it, ours was like a, a take on like America's Got Talent. So anyone from the audience could stream. Like you were randomly selected to stream. And then if the audience kept upvoting you, you'd get paid by the minute you were performing. Um, what the, the lesson I learned from that is that people are very bad at performing on the spot. It was not yeah. the most interesting content. <laughs> I mean, that does sound like a, a, a framework for like failure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're on. Yeah. Keep, do something funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. So. I mean, this is like, this is pre-TikTok. This is pre-Vine. Like, yeah. you, you figured out video using iOS. That was, uh, what year was this? Uh, this was when I was a sophomore in college, so, like, 2017. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, video, like, mobile phones. So, at this point, we had a lot of, like, Periscope. Yeah. Like, that was already out. And uh, at this point, probably acquired by Twitter at this point. So, okay. So, yeah, you weren't working from, like, Sticks and Stones. No, and, there, and, there's some good libraries out there. <clears> okay. Very cool. So yeah, you built iOS apps. Um, and then I do want to touch back on San Francisco. So like growing up in San Francisco is not something that I hear a lot from yeah. most people. Like a lot of folks are transplants here, as you know. Uh, you're, you're working with the transplant as your, uh, mm-hmm. your co-founder as well from Australia. So like what was it like growing up, going to school, specifically in the city? Yeah. Well, I feel like it like I got to be involved in the tech community at a pretty early age. Like I went to hackathons. I just like in my high school, there was a a CS class that I could, or like not even high school in middle school, I did this web design class. And like, that was what introduced me to programming, made lots of video games for my, my class. Um, But I think the, the really cool thing about being from the Bay area is that I was able to work at startups because just like if, if you know how to program, Everyone yeah. that was hiring. Um, and so I got to work at some, some really cool companies when I was like a sophomore in high school and as a junior. So I, I worked at a company called Rockmelt, which this is like, nobody has heard of this right now, but it's, it's a pretty cool company. It was like reinventing the browser before like doing that was a, a trendy thing to do. Wait, I think I actually have, who's the founder of this? Eric Vishria, who's now a partner at Benchmark. So again, okay. it's, it's funny. Okay. How yeah. Yeah. I, I actually do remember Rockmelt because yeah. I listened to a ton of podcasts, yeah. um, like back in the day. And, uh, I remember when it came out and also don't remember when I left. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was bought by Yahoo while I was there. So that was like, I got to see kind of an acquisition okay. up close, but it was interesting because it was, and I, I think it's long enough has passed that we can say that it was not a successful acquisition. <laughs> yeah. Um, like they, they raised a bunch of money and this was when Mercer Mayer was acquiring a bunch of people. So yeah. they were an aqua hire. But like it was, it was super cool for me as like an intern to get to see this process play out. Yeah. Um, and the team was, was just really great. Like they were, I was, you know, some high school student in the office with them and they were so supportive and, and kind of like I really credit them with my desire to kind of go into building startups. Yeah. What did that do for your network? Like, like you, you started a startup out of like in college. Yeah. So like, did you stay in touch with like Dennis and the Rockmelt Benchmark Capital? Yeah, so I, I feel like uh, <laughs> that's the other benefit of being from here is I just like have got to meet you know various cool people who have gone on to do cool yeah. things. Um, so I actually, I mean, I've talked to Eric a bit recently, uh, and we. One of the funny things is that they, when the acquisition was announced, we all signed this bottle of whiskey. And when when I talked to him over Zoom at some point during the pandemic, uh, he had this bottle of whiskey and he oh, really? found my my wow. signature on it. Uh, so anyway, like just you get some small small world moments like that. Um, but so I worked at Rockmelt. I worked at Pocket, uh, which was acquired by Mozilla. It's like Wait. a read it later. Type oh of yeah, yeah. I yeah. use Pocket. Yeah. That's, um, man, you really made the the tour around these uh, <laughs> early startups that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, they they there were soft landings for all of them, and I, I like all, I, every place I worked. I feel like the team was really cool. Yeah, um, and just getting to actually work at a real company and see how yeah. that functioned 
was was valuable to me. Yeah, and honestly, like when I talk to startup founders your age, or even like this early engineers at, at companies that are coming out of college, they don't have a network yeah. that that you can just like ramble out and say and like. And I'm like, hey, I know this, I know this company, I know this yeah. person, and um, so I, extremely beneficial. Like when you're starting your own company, so like I did want to fast forward to like talk about Fig, sure, and uh, like what what is Fig, and uh, how did we sort of get to the point where like you have a product which is Fig? Yeah. I mean, so I'll give the, the quick one-liner for Fig, and then I'll go through the evolution because yeah. it took us a long time to, to figure out what, what we were actually building. Yeah. Um, so Fig is augmenting the terminal. Um, developers, millions of developers use the terminal every day. It is, is core to the workflow. If you're in DevOps, if you're a front-end engineer, just like everyone is uh, you know, typing yes. in the terminal. Um, and it really hasn't changed at all since the 1970s. Uh, like the last major innovation was you had video terminals rather than well, teletypes. What was the big thing when the, this Mac was launched? Yeah. It was always shipped with Bash. Yeah. Until this Mac got launched. Yeah. Which they now ship it with ZSH. So like even with Macs, they have not updated it since like early 2000s. Yeah. It's, yeah, they were running. They were using a very, very old version of <laughs> Bash. Yeah. By and default. that's why I had to basically brew install new versions of Python. Yeah. Yeah, um, fascinating. Yeah, but yeah, continue. <laughs> no, it, it's like it is amazing how long legacy infrastructure sticks around when it is so core to businesses. Yes. And I mean, you see this with like languages like COBOL, just like when people build stuff on top of things, it becomes just part of the the workflow, and you can't rip it out. You just have to improve it over time. It's beneficial for folks who are building terminal tools because like you might just get your first hundred thousand users, and they never uninstall this thing, or until this this thing gets water poured on it. And yeah, it's like, oh, how do I do this? I mean, this is something funny we hear from our users. It's just like when I am like down when I get a new computer and I'm using the terminal without Fig, it like it feels like I'm naked. You know, it just it becomes such a core part of the way. That's you That's a really good testimonial. <laughs> yeah, I, that should be right on the website. Yeah, <laughs> you're naked without Fig. It's um, the marketing tagline. hashtag. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like we we didn't. Like we both, Brendan and I, you know, had had done some programming um, in high school and in college, and this is always a place where uh, we struggled. Frankly, it's like it, there's not a lot of affordances. You don't have kind of the modern context and interfaces that you're used to, um, and you just need to do a lot of googling and trial and error to to get stuff working. Yeah. Um, and so, kind of the, the way we started Fig was was actually it's pretty roundabout path. Uh, when we were seniors in college, we applied to YC. We applied with some kind of random idea. We were gonna, what was it exactly? It was we were gonna let YouTube, let let content creators have their fans invest in them, sort of like fantasy sports, like completely, completely different uh, from what we ended wait, up that, doing. Wait, well, you, can't, you can't brush by that. Like, <laughs> sure. how? What was the the business model? Like, we're gonna approach Mr. Beast and be like, let, let's just say the, that there <laughs> actually is no business model. Okay. Like, once once we started looking into it more yeah. more deeply, it's just hard to make the numbers actually work. Um, but this is what we applied to YC with, and they accepted us. And they're like, "We like you guys. You should completely pivot and think about <laughs> working on something else." Um, and so that's what we did. We we got in uh, early 2020, um, and we had the YC funding. We had the imprimatur. We knew we were going to go into the batch during the summer, but we didn't have an idea that we were working on. And so in college, Brendan and I were just like hacking on a bunch of different things. We'd go through the cycle of pivoting and we'd be like, we're going to build a personal CRM. We're going to build a chat app for college students. We're going to build, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and in the process of doing all of that, every time we were spinning up a new Heroku app, every time we were, you know, deploying something on AWS, we were getting stuck with stuff in the terminal. It's like, oh, why is, you know, downloading this executable not working? How do I actually, you know, uh, 
set up a Postgres database on yeah. on my <laughs> client. Yeah, um, stuff I Google every day, every day because yeah. I start new for whatever reason. <laughs> and so, like, out of all of that, you know, pain and frustration, we're like, this is actually the problem. <laughs> this is the thing that everyone you know has to do, and just there's no good solutions right now. And so that's what took us to focusing on the terminal as a space. We're okay. like, there's a ton of problems here. There's a ton of things we can make better, and it's just such a core tool that you know, if we can actually do this, like, there's there's a valuable company. Yeah, that's awesome. So you you pivoted NYC like you had started like so this, we were lucky because yeah. because we got, we had this like early acceptance where we were in we got in in the fall but we were in this summer batch we had this period of time where we could get all of our pivoting out before okay the batch started so by the time the summer came around we had you knew what you're gonna do Fig, yeah okay so you built Fig um, finished YC. Yeah. And now you're a full one company and like we, we don't have to get into details of like fundraising and all this other stuff, but you're now growing a company, but also a community. Yeah. And what I actually invited you here to talk about is um, like finding talent, but also community and building your startup. Yeah. Uh, and so I was chatting with Brendan uh, well, last week or the week before, and he had mentioned a person that went to my college, which I'm, I'm from Tampa, it's the University of South Florida. Not many people in the Bay Area went to the college I went to. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they exist, but I just don't run into them. Yeah. And he had mentioned that someone from this random college in, in Tampa, University of Software, was like, that's the college <laughs> I went to. And uh, you, you hired them. Uh, but I'm curious, can you share that story of like how you found this, this individual? Yeah. Also, who they are. Yeah. So Grant Garvis. Uh, hey, Grant. Um, so I think that one of the big benefits of kind of being open open source is that you get to pull in this massive community of people. Yeah. Just like anyone who's excited by what you're working on can contribute to the project. Yeah. Um, and so from the beginning, Brendan and I knew that like this is too big of a space for just the two of us to tackle on our own. It's too big for just one company to do by itself. You need to get everyone involved. Yeah. Um, and so that was just like part of our thinking from the various early, like the, the earliest parts of the, the company. Um, and I think like people like Grant, people like Federico, like we've, we've managed to find really, really talented engineers that probably were not, would not have been easy to find if we yeah. didn't have, you know, this, this, uh, yeah. Community. And that, you went to Harvard, yeah. but like Federico, I know Grant didn't go to Harvard as well. Like Federico. Federico's in, in college in Italy. Italy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I actually looked him up earlier today. I was like, Oh, I'll just look at the, the folks who are contributing. Cause I've, I've know some of them. I've yeah. seen them around, yeah. uh, which is amazing. So it's Federico all still in Italy. Right yeah. Now? He's still in Italy. I mean, he's still in college. Like he's just working kind of part time. Like he was originally purely just doing this op uh, as like an open source contributor. And we're like, you are too good. We need you to <laughs> spend some more time working on this. And so we've, we sort of folded him into the core team. Yeah. Um, but there's just like lots of people who, uh, you know, will build a completion spec for a tool that they care about or contribute some infrastructure for like supporting a new CLI framework. And this is just people saying, oh, I have this problem. I want to solve it. Let me get involved. Yeah, that's amazing. And like, I think the, the bar of entry, sometimes in open source, the bar of entry is high. Like, yeah. I'm, let's just admit that. Yeah. But having network or going to events or participating in like tools you see on Product Hunt or you see on Hacker News, that's a great end to say, hey, you know, I know how to write Rust or yeah. I can put together some JavaScripts. Like, I can be helpful. And if you have like a skill set and like I do a lot of like developer experience stuff. So like yeah. I'll help your automation, your CI and your yeah. GitHub actions and stuff like that. So like that's what I can provide to the table to projects. I don't do a lot of contribution to other projects. But what I'm getting at is like hopefully folks who are listening, they can hear this story and be like, oh, let me check it out. Which I also want to take a step and say we haven't even talked about the actual open source project yeah. in the repo itself, which is autocomplete. Yeah. So do you want to explain like, so you have the FIG, the CLI tool. Yeah. But then you have a feature 
within Fig, which is autocomplete, right? Yeah. So the architecture behind Fig is we want to support all of your existing tools and workflows. And so this was like a, another kind of core decision we made up front. We didn't want to replace your terminal. We wanted to augment it. Um, and so that meant, you know, we had to build a desktop app, we had to integrate with VS Code, with iTerm, with Hyper, with Alacrity, with all of these terminals that exist out there, and all of the shells, and all of the, you know, various tools that people add to their, their terminals. Um, and so, from an architectural perspective, we have a lot of different, different moving parts. We need to support a bunch of different terminals, we need to support a bunch of different shells. Um, and one thing that we, we felt like the community could really help, help with was supporting a bunch of different CLI tools. So the way Fig works is we have an autocomplete engine that takes what you have typed and then provides suggestions. Yes. But the other input there is a mapping around the structure of a CLI tool. So what are the subcommands? What are the options? What are the arguments? And again, in certain cases, we'll even provide dynamic suggestions based on your environment or based on your history. Um, and so what we needed from the community is there's so many CLI tools out there. They're, they're massive. Like how yeah. many subcommands and options does yeah. AWS and CLI have? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the multiple AWS CLIs yeah. too as well. I'm going to be very specific. <laughs> it's, it's a rabbit hole to go <laughs> yeah. down. Um, and th this is just like something that we could not do on our own. And we thought like, hey, let's get everyone involved so that any CLI tool can be supported by FIG. Uh, and so our, our biggest open source repo right now is with fig slash autocomplete. I think we've just crossed over uh, 17,000. Uh, we're not quite at 20,000. 20,000, okay, you're up, you're up Fingers there. Fingers crossed, we're, we're, we're getting close. Actually, I have it right here. 17,000 or 17.6. Okay, 17.6. Okay, so everybody watching, because we have so many viewers right now, like it's <laughs> in the tens of thousands. So everybody start right now. Yeah. Push them over the edge. Go to the moon. Um, but yeah, so this is our, our main open source project right now. Uh, it's, it's just like adding these, these schemas for CLI tools. Okay. And we've had over 230 people contribute. Well, it, it's genius because like not only like, so you mentioned AWS, like yeah. folks who work at AWS or work on those CLI tools can be like, we want more exposure. We want more folks to like find it, discover yeah. it. And FIG could be that discovery tool. So yeah. like, how would you like, I don't want to use the word compete because homebrew is like a open source project is yeah. not competing anybody. Yeah. Just anybody want to be on the Mac, install homebrew. Yeah. So like, are you, I don't, you're not replacing homebrew. Like you're competing with like all these like homebrew scripts that are out there or whatever they call yeah. them. So uh, again, we are trying to do more stuff around developer environment because this is like another yeah. big pain point in the terminal. But like homebrew is an amazing project. Like we distribute uh, fig using homebrew and yeah. like their developer experience. So fig great. won't be a dis distribution platform or I don't want to like break uh, like, your I, Again, yeah. I think that it, it's, there's so many problems in the terminal, and yeah. like I think that Homebrew solves a lot. Some of them, um, Homebrew doesn't actually let you do versioning of CLI tools. So yeah. there, there's various different ways yes. you can solve this. Like Nix is a cool, trendy way of managing your environment. Uh, you can like you, you can use virtual environments. Like there's a yeah. bunch of different solutions, and like I think we at some point might have our own solution. But I think the beauty of the terminal and the beauty of the ecosystem here is that there's like a bunch of different ways you can solve yeah. every problem, and you should use the solution that works for you. Yeah, and there's there's tons of people who don't have a solution because they don't know there's a solution out yeah. there. And I think when you mentioned like front end devs who are now entering the terminal because now they need to npm install stuff. Yeah, like now that's a gateway into I didn't know I could set up like my bathroom, my zsh like. For this machine in particular, so like my last machine, I was joking before about water, but I my main dev machine was a 2016 MacBook Pro. My daughter spilled water on it. So now this is my main dev machine. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, so when I set this up originally, I actually tested a bunch of tools. Yeah. And because I, I didn't set my I didn't change my dev machine since 2016. Yeah. Like I just copied and pasted my my dot file. So now I'm like looking at Fig, I'm looking at Volta, looking at all these new tools, and I'm like, oh, I could actually 
start fresh. Yeah. So where do I go to start fresh? Yeah. And having, I, I, I don't know, like where you are on your, your roadmap, but like Fig seems like a, a really good place to help people start fresh. Yeah. So if I start my first day at GitHub or first day at, at Facebook, I go find my fig scripts or whatever. What do you, you call them? Fig scripts or? So there's a couple of different things. There's completion specs, which like yeah. map out CLI tools and like that's all, you know, open source. Um, the, the new thing we've been working on is, is basically just what you're describing. Yeah. It's like you should be able to log into fig and your developer environment should automatically. Yes, be I want that today. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, so like parts of that actually exist. So like right now you can use fig to install plugins for your shell. You can use fig to manage your dot files and sync them across devices. Um, and then very soon we'll probably add a way to install executables, um, yeah. version executables. Um, okay. so the, yeah, the idea is that you can, you know, go from one computer to another, not even think about, you know, what, what binaries do I have installed on my dev machine versus my personal machine? You can just get a seamless, uh, environment set up wherever you go. Yeah. That was amazing. Cause like the, like there's so many like one-off tools. So like I, I follow product on, yeah. on a regular and like, there's always like these cool, unique tools. I think I had like a tool, what it was on my machine that basically died, yeah. but like, <laughs> I just want to clear my screen yeah. and I want to focus on one thing for like the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Like it's classic Pomodoro technique, but it's like this one-off tool that once some developer didn't really made like maybe five bucks a download and yeah. like, yeah, I'll pay the five bucks because I, I like developers and mm -hmm. I want them to like have lives outside <laughs> yeah. of writing code. So, but I could see that like fig basically like you, now you have like an, uh, it, oh, you just shipped a, uh, not extensions. Plugins. Uh, plugins. Yeah. Yes. So you ship plugins. So like there's a, there's a pathway for folks to be like, you know what, I'm just going to put you in front of like our massive audience. Uh, yeah. cause like the fig audience I, I believe is continuing to grow. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're working on a CLI tool, like, fig would be something that I want to get in front of. So like, what's the community look like now? So we have, you know, 10,000 followers on Twitter. We have, uh, I think a similar amount on discord and like tens of thousands of people are using fig every day. So it's a pretty large audience right now. Um, we haven't actually like focused too much on okay. like surfacing CLI tools yet, but it is sort of crazy that there's no way to find this stuff. Like yeah. you have to just be browsing around hacker news. You have to be trawling on Twitter. Yeah, or you have to like, know people yeah. are grow up in San Francisco yeah. and know, know founders and yeah. stuff like that. And, and honestly, the living in San Francisco is honestly a great place to, to learn about the yeah. latest tech and stuff like that. So but like, there is a ton of tribal knowledge. It's like yes. the way you pick this stuff up is by, you know, working with a senior engineer and you're like, Hey, how did you do that in the terminal? How did, what was yeah. that hotkey you just did? Yeah. Like I didn't know about yeah. option click. Like you can move the cursor around in a terminal without, <laughs> <Okay>. you know, <laughs> learning all the, the Vim wow. key bindings. All right. Well, I, I knew that one. Yeah. <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah. And then like, even you mentioned Vim, like I am a hardcore Vim user yeah. and like you'll pry it from my dead cold hands. So like, <laughs> don't delete this uh, from the ecosystem. But I also, I learned Vim from the engineer that sat next to me yeah. and I would just ask a lot of questions. So yeah, it, it just seems like the tribal knowledge can be shared through like these, these fig, I keep calling them fig scripts. <laughs> Maybe this is the name that's going to stick. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. this, I, 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 what did I give you? The, the, the fig? You're naked without fig? Yeah, naked without fig. Like, this yeah. is just a marketing. <laughs> we need to edit in, like, the uh, Statue of David with the fig. This pop-up when I say that. <laughs> All right, y'all can, uh, you can put that in your marketing page. I don't know if that would do. Actually, probably don't put that in your marketing page. <laughs> but, yeah, cool. So, so you're finding your community now. Like, the community's growing. Yeah. Uh, you're finding talent from, like, open source contributors. And was that intentional, like, this autocomplete? So I like to think it was intentional, but I think honestly, we didn't, neither of us had really been super involved in open source before this. Like, obviously I had a GitHub account. I'd, I'd maybe opened yeah. an issue here and there, but like actually being able to 
manage a big community on GitHub or like think about how you can find the the top contributors or like pull them in, yeah. pull like see who's contributing a lot. I didn't know a bunch. I didn't know like all the tooling that existed around this. Um, and this, this is something that's kind of been a uh, process of discovery for Brendan and I is like, how yeah. do you manage an open source community? How do you yeah. take the most advantage of it? Um, and how do you give back to it as well? Yeah, I mean, there's a, I, I, I wish someone would start a company uh, that <laughs> could help provide insights into open source. Yeah. Uh, so like I pulled up Fig yeah. and uh, like, uh, sorry, I pulled up autocomplete. Yeah. So like these are all your contributions in the yeah. last 30 days. Mm. Uh, so like clearly there's this person. Oh, oh yeah. Is it Federico? Yeah. Uh, he is like bus factor. Yeah, and so that's what this table basically means. It means that if he got on a bus and left and never came back. Uh, well, I like that interpretation yeah. of bus factor better than the you other know, ones I, I started doing that like two weeks ago because yeah. I, I made a joke on Twitter around like all these, um, it's very morbid engineers talk about getting hit by buses. <laughs> like, why do we always talk about dying? Yeah. Like, let's stop doing that. Uh, so anyway, I started using this whole get on a bus and don't come back. But like he's obviously somebody who's doing like high churn, making tons of changes. Yeah. Like, and that's like one thing that I want to be able for folks to walk into repositories because like we're talking about autocomplete. Like, folks contribute if you have you know your own extensions, plugins, CLI tools. Like, definitely check out this project. Yeah. But there's like folks who are obviously really comfortable and like could probably teach some of that tribal knowledge. Yeah. Not just for Fig, but for this project. And what I my dream is basically have anybody who wants to contribute to walk in their project and just find out, okay, Fidice, um, reach out to him, like, yeah. ask all the questions there. Don't reach out to Matt because Matt obviously hasn't done any contributions <laughs> in the last week, uh, which <laughs> you got other stuff. To Calling me out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're running a company as well, which again, as a CTO, you want to remove yourself from the critical path. So yeah. the critical path is get, I keep saying Fidice because that says get, get a handle, yeah. but yeah. And I, the, the Che, the Italian, <laughs> the, Italian I, che. I, the Italian me. Um, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so you grew up in the marina. Are you Italian? I'm not Italian. Yeah. Like Marina Pacifica is that that side of town. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's fun being in the city because I get to to reconnect with a lot of the people I haven't seen, you know, while I was on the East Coast for college. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I like completely just made a right hand turn because I thought about that because the, the high <laughs> Italian the population. Italian, yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. So like, what's what's new? What's next for for Fig now? Yeah. Um, so the the big initiatives right now, we want to like be your source of truth for your developer environment. Yeah. And I think that like autocomplete is part of that. We are focusing on like, how can we add autocomplete for internal scripts and internal CLI tools that teams have? Uh, Cause like Foursquare, a company that I worked at had this internal CLI tool. And like, as an intern, I had no clue how it worked. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that the discovery features of figs autocomplete, like mean that people can get up to speed mm. on your internal tooling a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of an area we're focusing on. Um, and, and just like long term, we think that there's a lot of room for improvement for like the collaborative aspects of the terminal and the discovery aspects. Yeah. So with the plugin store and uh, this dot files ecosystem we're talking about, um, like this is an area where you should be able to just like browse yeah. on your coworkers dot files, yeah. see the aliases, see the environment variables, be like, oh, I actually want that. Um, yeah, there was a trend where people were sharing their dot files on Twitter for a while and like would share like I, I got when I started using dot files, I use, would use gist. Mm. Like GitHub gist. Yeah. And I just wanted to share my gist. Well, what I usually do is I go get the old gist that I had and copy it to my <laughs> new machine. Yeah. So it wasn't even like version controlled. Yeah. I would just like forget I added plugins before my machine died. And, uh, but yeah, being able to like share dot files, like community around that, you all have a very, very, like, I can see where the growth is, yeah. like where there's opportunity. I mean, what's cool is like this sort of already exists on GitHub. Like you see lots of people have yeah. their own personal dot files repos. Um, and like, 
it, GitHub works well for this, but I think that in, in certain cases, like you can have a more specialized interface yeah. for it that just like makes it slightly easier for people to, you know, take, take a, a snippet of code and add it to their. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's very much like a PyTorch, PyTorch is the ML, but the um, PyCharm, which yeah. is the JetBrains for Python developers, like you're going to have a better experience using PyCharm. Yeah. You could use VS Code because yeah. you're going to have a great experience there. But like if you're really de- down into like the, the, I don't know, data science and stuff like that, maybe PyCharm is your choice. Yeah. But I think with dot .files, like, yes, you can put your stuff on GitHub. Yeah. But like if you really want to share the stuff and like also learn from the best in, in fast follow, because like there's like these, um, so I don't know if you're in, in like stock investments, but there's this company that sponsors all the YouTube channels and stuff like that called Public. Yeah. Uh, Public, if you're listening, like you can sponsor this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like it, and it's funny because I built this thing called Mutual Fund. Mm-hmm. And Mutual Fund, I have a finance degree. I mentioned, I think I mentioned this maybe when we hit record. Yeah. And I wanted to go to personal invest, like personal finance. Yeah. Uh, graduate the wrong year in the wrong time. So I got into sales. Uh, but I had this idea of my original app is doing mutual funds. Uh, not mutual funds, but basically stare, share t- stock tips amongst like community. Oh, wow. And it's basically what public is today. Yeah. And I had the I had the URL. I got rid of it like last year because I'm just like, yeah, people already, they've done this. And my my fear was always regulation. Like maybe mm-hmm. I couldn't do this because sharing stock tips and like SEC and all this other stuff. Like, but I was always in my head that I could have just built a social network for stock tips. Anyway, yeah. long story short. <laughs> I mean, I think that that is the scary thing about fintech is like, you're, yeah. or crypto, honestly. Like you, you hear about the crypto <laughs> hacks this week. Like the one, you have to worry about regulation. And two, just like if there are bugs in your code, yeah. like, there are hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. But yeah, it, it's a challenge. But what I was getting about with mutual fund is yeah. that I want, I like the idea of sharing dot files. Like, yeah. I like the idea of making it a cultural thing of yeah. like, Oh, like, how'd you do that? Oh, well, just check my dot files, copy it. And like, yeah. if you want to be like, you know, some rock star coder, you're like, oh, copy their dot files. Yeah. And, uh, I think with like what you're working on a fig, that could be the community. And like, I'm, yeah. I'm like pitching you, like, your, <laughs> you're dev, pitching me. your DevRel strategy yeah. right now. I, I love it. Um, so dot files is one, uh, thing we're focused on going forward. Another thing we're really excited about is snippets. So, like, how many times have you Googled, like, how do I undo a git commit? How do I, you know, check, yeah. like, re- rebase and interactively? Or just, like, there's so many of these random one-off commands that, like, you will look up somewhere. And then, you know, maybe you'll need it in a month or in a couple of weeks. But you, you need to do the same Google search all over again. Um, or, or even just within a team. Like, Fig uses protocol, protocol buffers. And yeah. so, like, we have some make file that compile stuff for you, but occasionally yeah. you'll need to like compile a specific one and that, you know, you need to know yeah. the specific command to run. Um, and like the way that information gets shared right now is like people will post in Discord or in, or like you'll ping somebody directly. Um, yeah. But like really this information should be searchable and yeah. you shouldn't need to kind of do a Google search. You should just be right in your terminal and be able to figure out the information. Yeah, it's the, the one command that I do all the time I have to look up, which is like you're, you have all these branches yeah. in Git. It's like you probably have 100 branches because yeah. you've been working on this thing all year. Yeah. And you're like this is really messy. I can't find the branch I just worked on. So like there's a command, there's like a, a string of commands that usually alias, which is like get cleanup or something. Yeah. Well, cleanup is actually a command, but anyway, it, it gets rid of all the old, branches. all the old branches. Yeah. So that way I can just look at the ones that are active yeah. or have PRs open. Yeah. And, uh, I, I usually just look up Stack Overflow because it's like actually a Stack Overflow answer <laughs> yeah. with the answer in it. Well, and, no, it gets to the point where yeah. you like, I know exactly where I'm going to find this and yes. I'm purely using Google as like a means of getting to that Stack Overflow yes. answer. I do this for everything because like as you are right now and as of where I'm at, like, I don't code every day. Yeah. So, and I don't code on the same things all the time yeah. every day. So like I might get a month straight of like, oh, cool, I built a project never touch it for six months. Yeah. So when I go back to like figure out how to like install Postgres or how to like, how, just like 
pull, pull up PSQL and like what my commands are. Like those are all those probably not fig specific, but those are all things that I have to always constantly Google because yeah. it's like I know where yeah. the answer is. Well, and again, I think like yeah. every company, like it's both a public facing thing, but also it's like every company has what I call like glue code or the connective yeah. tissue of scripts and just various things that you know if you're working day to day on the project, you understand how to use. Yeah. But if you're either being onboarded or you're kind of just like switching over to a new project for for whatever reason, like. It takes a little bit of time to get up to speed with that, yeah. um, and I, I think that like there's a huge opportunity to make all of this more discoverable, um, and I like that's something that I'm very excited about personally. Excellent, yeah. And so I did want to take a step back because you had mentioned like you got lucky on a couple of things, and yeah. like at this point you've like figured how how old is Fig? Like when did you all launch publicly? So l- launch publicly, we launched publicly in November of this year, but we've been working on this I think for around two years now. Um, okay. Like when we were, but it's gone through several iterations. Like early on, again, the first version of Fig that we built was what we called kind of runbooks. What it would do is it would just like jam a web view right next to your terminal and like let you go through tutorial without needing to copy and paste the scripts every time. So you could press a button or press a hotkey and it would just like execute a command. Um, And then like out of that, we realized, oh, hey, this is kind of cool. What we've done is we've added a user interface that can interact with your terminal. And so that like that kind of kicked us off and just like we got super excited like oh we can build interfaces for curl we can build interfaces for um, like searching over your directory we can build interfaces for git and just like all of this stuff can live right next to your terminal yeah um, and so like I think that that's still kind of a big vision for us like we want people to be able to build on top of fig the same way that we built autocomplete or that we've built yeah uh, this dot files product it's like we realize that you know there's a lot of value here there's a lot of power and you know we want to be able to enable other developers to yeah. build on top of us um, and so that like that was kind of First, we're like, okay, we can solve this README, you know, powering through README. Then we're like, oh, we can build, you know, our own personal apps. And then we're like, autocomplete is something that allows other people to contribute. Um, and we really just want to open up the, the ecosystem so that anyone can build their own apps on top of it. Yeah. Program. Okay. Very cool. So I, you're since November. So that's at the point, time of this recording, like six months public. But yeah. Two and a half years yeah. working on this. Like you've discovered some things and discovered like I think that recruiting part is like really, really paramount of like yeah. a lot of folks don't realize there's an opportunity to totally. find undervalued talent, like valuable talent, but maybe not be in the right place at the right time. And they were in the right place at the right time for you hiring them and getting yeah. to work on some of your, your new Rust technology and stuff yeah. like that. Well, it's, it, it is a huge hiring crunch right now. If you are yeah. a startup, if you are a big tech yeah. company, just like hiring engineers is so challenging. And like there's so many talented engineers out there. And so there, it's this weird thing where the process of finding people is like deeply inefficient. Technical recruiting is, is bad for all sorts of reasons where the interview process like doesn't really actually get at what uh, you're trying to, to figure out. Yeah. Um, and so I think open source is like, an amazing way of working around that because you really get to just build with somebody. You're, yeah. you're in the same repo, you're pushing code, you're doing PR. But you're also seeing how they work. Yeah. And like by the time you, if you choose to do an interview process, you're like, oh, I already saw your code. Like you don't need the interview. By the time code. you're in the interview process, <laughs> like if you've been working with somebody in open source, like you, you know what they're, you know the way they think, you know the way they work and like you've just built this trust up over, you know, six months, yeah. a year. And it, it's like, it can start off really slow. Like, some of our, like Federico, I mean, he just started off, I, I'm trying to remember the first completion spec he contributed, but it was like, he was like, oh, you know, I want to support the CLI tool that I use that like nobody else uses. And yeah. so I'm going to build one off completion <laughs> Which spec. Which is a good sandbox to work in. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something super popular. Yeah. It could just be the thing that will solve your problem. Yeah. I mean, and it just goes to show, it's like, 
if you can make your open source project accessible to people, like we spent a lot of time making sure the developer experience and the docs were really smooth because we yeah. wanted people to contribute. Yeah. Um, and like that is an investment that just pays dividends because not only do, you know, we get inbound, like people excited about FIG because they, they see a bunch of stars, they see a cool screenshot and they're like, oh, I want to check this out. We also have, yeah, built, you know, a decent part of our engineering team based off of the people that were, you know, working with us in the open yeah. source capacity. And we're like, you are so good. Let's, let's bring you on full time. That, that is amazing too. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, honestly, I, I answered all. I asked you all the questions yeah. that I wanted to ask. Um, so we can actually wind down to as well. Cool. And uh, anything else you wanted to mention? Um, I feel like I've been a little all over the place. So I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. thanks for bearing with me. Yeah, uh, this is my my first time doing one of these. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna, I, honestly, I had more questions, but I went back to asking if you were Italian because I wanted to ask more questions about growing up in San Francisco. Sure, we can do that. Um, so I guess my question for you right now, why Harvard and not Stanford? Um, I think that there's some, like, it's funny because I came back to San Francisco, yeah. but when I was in high school, I was just really ready to get out of the Bay Area. Like, I felt like this was so much of my identity. I was so kind of... I, I, it's very easy to imagine becoming just like a very cliche tech bro. It, I mean, it was like San Francisco kind of like, a, it, it can be feel like a small town, to yeah. be quite honest. Yeah. So like, did you feel like it was kind of like a small town? Like, I think just like everyone sort of wants to get out of where they're from, even yeah. if just for a little bit. And so I think for me, going to the East Coast was was a chance to kind of like see what I would be like outside of uh, the, the Silicon Valley bubble. Yeah. Um, and so again, in college, I didn't study CS. I studied what's called social studies at Harvard. And it's just like a very unfortunate name for a cool yeah. major. <laughs> yeah. I totally took social studies in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but basically like I did a lot of philosophy. I, you know, was, was reading books that I probably am not going to read <laughs> for, for fun. Um, and it was, it was a great experience. And the entire time I got to, you know, work on my own side projects. I wasn't so caught up in like P setting that I, yeah like lost the love of programming. Yeah. And so just like all the stuff I was working on, I was working on because I was excited about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different balance because I think a lot of times people come out of college knowing how to re- traverse binary trees, which yeah. do you do you do traverse binary trees a lot? <laughs> Very infrequently. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I, my, yeah. my guess. But um, a lot of people come like algorithm work and all this other stuff and go to Google and Facebook and Meta, those are the same thing. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> but they go to those large companies and just get lost. Yeah. Like literally lost in the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, I guess, yeah, it makes a lot of sense too as well. And the, the idea of actually, can I ask about your degree as well? Cause sure. like social studies, is that like sociology? Like, so it basically just me- meant that I could choose random classes that fit into a focus. So <laughs> oh, actual yeah, social yeah. studies. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like I, I took uh, a bunch of German social theory classes and I, I wrote my thesis on the history of audience measurement. This is like a very niche topic that I find super fascinating. Like anyway, th- pro- probably you're going to have to edit this out. Uh, <laughs> but like it basically gave me the, the intellectual freedom to kind of just do what I wanted. Yeah. And again, people can invest different amounts. Like, some people didn't really care and that they got out what they put in, but like you have to write a thesis at the end. And I, I feel like there's a nice capstone experience of, yeah. you know, you spend four years of college and you come out with this artifact that like summarizes what you spent. Your yeah. I mean, you, you say you're trying to escape Silicon Valley, but it's very like a Steve Jobs thing <laughs> where he, he audited a bunch of courses to yeah. learn about design and all this other stuff, which I don't know how true to that, that story is, but, um, cause I feel like it, the, what do you call it? Hollywood basically, expanded yeah. on that but the narrative is always different from the reality yeah but i mean your audience measurement so tell me more about this audience measurement. so i'm interested okay if you're interested <laughs> yeah. i'll so here's the the kind of initial question it is 
there was a transition point in like the 1920s where suddenly broadcast was a thing. You could have a yeah. radio broadcast that reached that like reached uh, millions of people, yeah. and advertisers and broadcasters had no idea how many people were listening. Um, and so the the interesting question there is like. They needed to redevelop this this consensus for advertising. They needed to be able to say, okay, you're paying X amount of dollars for an advertisement and it's reaching Y number of people. Yeah. Um, and so there's like an interesting history of like the technical development that sustained that. So at first there was polling. Um, you would just like call up people while yeah. they were watching TV and see like what Nielsen, they were Nielsen Nielsen Media. Yeah. yeah. Then research. you had Nielsen, which like would connect an actual device to the TV and measure it for like a sample population. And then like what I thought was interesting is like this ties into the way that TikTok works, the way that Facebook works. Like now suddenly audience measurement is so yeah. tight and the feedback loop is it, closed. It seems like a valuable yeah. uh, thesis. <laughs> anyway, for sure. maybe I'll, I'll put it out there so that I'm not the only like me and my three <laughs> readers aren't the only people that. I mean, uh, you could start a Substack. Yeah, that, that's that, the that dream. seems the thing that everybody's doing. Start a Substack. Yeah. Uh, I'll pay the ten dollars a month. Okay, well, there we go. I have my first like, subscriber. I'll hold you to it. Yeah, I, I mean, but then there's also this thing because, like, even with Fig, you all do um, te- telemetry. Yes. Okay. So yeah. another. So is that topic. is that tied into your, your thesis or? So I, I wouldn't say it's tied in specifically, but I think that they're. I'll, I'll just like answer the telemetry point. Yeah. So this is a common thing that comes up whenever we post on Hacker News. And like, I totally get it. Like, honestly, this is something that it was like a, a really hard decision for us to make early yeah. on. And I don't think this is something that's permanent. Like, the, if you look at our privacy page, like fig.io slash privacy, like we say that this is well, we are, you know, building a beta version of the product. We still need to kind of understand what users yeah. want. Because like before we had telemetry, we just had no idea if people were using fig yeah. or not. And, you know, it's really hard to iterate. It's really hard to know what your users want when you have no insight into how they're, you know, actually experiencing the tools you've built. Um, so early on, we kind of made this switch where it's like we want to know our first thousand users, our first ten thousand users personally. Like we, like very, like in an interesting way, Brenda and I, our first hundred users, we talk to all of them. Like every every new user that signs up gets an email from Brendan that like goes to his actual inbox. Yeah. Uh, again, I think at this point it's hard for him to respond to all of them. But like we really are super proactive about responding to feedback, and like this informs our roadmap. It informs what bugs we're fixing. It informs what yeah. tools we're supporting. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's valuable to know this. But I yeah. know with the the world of advertisement and selling data, yeah. like people are very shy yeah. about wanting to opt in or wanting to actually opt yeah. out of it. And so like very unequivocally, we will not sell your data. We do not sell your data. This is not the business that we want to build. Um, but kind of even more importantly, it's like when you're building a, a company, you have to make certain choices. Like, And the choices reflect the founding team. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like, there's, there's some element of trust. Like, you have to trust that Brenda and I don't want to screw you over. Like, we, yeah. we want to build a product that you enjoy. And, like, this is early on how we have been able to do it. Um, I think over time, you know, the need for telemetry for, like, autocomplete goes down. We just know that it works. We know that it solves a problem. And so we don't, we don't actually get any more insight out of it. And so it's like, yeah, opt out of telemetry. We'll turn it off by default. Um, and I think that that's probably the trajectory for most of our products. It's like early on when we're still iterating quickly, we need this feedback, we need this insight. But then as products mature and we're not getting as much value out of the telemetry, it's like, yeah, this is not something that's super important to us. You should use the product. We want everyone to feel comfortable uh, downloading Fig and not feeling worried that we're going to you know, yeah. suck up all your data. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and for the record, I trust you. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. You, you've got an endorsement from B. Dougie. Yeah, which, there we go. It goes a long yeah. way. <laughs> I mean, That's I've right. got 10,000 followers. <laughs> this is good. My new Twitter bio, endorsed by B. Dougie. <laughs> I mean, it, I, honestly, I think it's going to be super valuable. Yeah. Uh, put a NFT on that and uh, we'll be good. Yeah. Cool. I mean, honestly, I've actually really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I know too. we've been all over the place, yeah. but you have a very interesting background and you need to tell Brendan that you need to do more of these things. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I think you did a great job. Oh, thank you. If you really enjoyed this conversation, uh, definitely like and subscribe. And remember, stay saucy. Stay saucy. The Secret Sauce of the podcast produced in-house by OpenSauce, the open source intelligence platform providing insights by the slice. If you're in San Francisco and interested in being a guest on the show, find us on Twitter at Sauce Open. And don't forget to check out OpenSauce at opensauce.pizza.